0: Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you, Amber. Ready to find a seat? We're going to get started here for our next time together. So, hopefully, you just were able to let a lot of what the Lord's been filling up in your heart release to Him in worship, right? And that's the beauty of it. He fills us up, and then we're able to send it back up to him and worship And It's just this beautiful rhythm that begins to happen in our lives as we're on this team life, right? Mm -hmm. Another beautiful rhythm that's been going on, hopefully throughout the day, is we have been praying this prayer for our sisters all day, right? So I'm going to put my card that I've had. I was praying for Amber today. Put her back in the the bucket. I'm going to pass it. That and then we'll hand it back to me, Stephanie, when it gets to you, and I'll start it all over again. Okay? We want the walls to reverberate with this prayer throughout the weekend because we all need those things, right? Yes. We all need those things. And take a moment, too, as you're looking at those cards. I know when Hannah came and prayed for me today, she had read what my dream is, like what I feel like God's putting in my heart. She had really looked at my card, not just the picture, go, okay, yeah, I'm going to share right? But she really looked at the information on there. And so as you're praying for that person and praying that prayer over them, you'll, you'll, even if you haven't really gotten to have a great conversation with them yet, it's a way to connect with somebody on your team. That's what trading cards are all about, right? Being able to trade around and really get to know that person, and then hopefully that face-to-face time will happen as well. But we've had a really great day. We always say when Fall Bible Getaway gets started, you know, we're going to blink and it's going to be Sunday. We don't want to do that right, but it just seems like the minutes are flying by. But I hope it's been a rich day for you. I love the experience of Fall Bible Getaway. Some of you who are here for the first time, hopefully you're getting to see why we love it. There's just a richness of life all throughout the house the, the whole weekend. I love Fall Bible Getaway, but I want you to know as we get started into this gathering of time together in God's Word tonight, I want you to know that I don't just love Paul the Bible getaway. I really love you. I really love you. I really, really do love you. Love you. And over, thank you, <laughs> over the years, and, and that, that is a work of God. You know, today we were talking about some things that God has transformed in us. That—that That is a work of God in my heart. Because when I first started teaching God's Word, I mean, I loved the people that I knew, right? But if God would send me different places to teach... What I began to see is this is not just about me like fulfilling a job, like stepping into a slot and getting her done, so to speak, right? Because I got a job to do. It's really about representing the one who has asked me to do the job in the first place. And God is love. And I began to realize there was a serious gap in my heart that I was fulfilling a position, but I really wasn't doing it in the spirit that God would do it if he was here himself that I really wasn't loving the people I was there to teach. I was just there teaching the word to them. And so I prayed for a while, God, birth in me a heart of love for the people that I teach. And I continue to ask him that because I know, and you probably know as well, the things that God calls us to, our hearts are way too small for that. God's got to enlarge our hearts to get bigger like his heart. Um, In Psalm 119, the Bible actually says, David wrote, I will run the way of your commands, for you will enlarge my heart. So we do what God asks us to do, and then we trust him to enlarge our hearts. And over the years, God has really enlarged my heart to not just be here to fill the slot, to do the job, to get the position done, but to really love you. And so I really want you to know, I really do love you, okay? And it's a joy for me uh, to get to teach you. And because I love you, I also believe it's really important that... I share not just the words of God that always make us feel super great, but also the ones that push us and prod us and say, hey, that is not okay. Not on team life. That doesn't fit in the culture and the values of this team. And something needs to change. And and I have to have people in my life who are willing to do the same. So tonight, we're going to spend some time in what we're calling team life training. And where the Holy Spirit is going to take us in Colossians is going to push us. I'm just letting you know right from the beginning, okay? It's going to prod us and push us and probably ask us to make um, some changes. So you might want to get that sheet out of your folder if you want to take notes um, that says Team Life Training on it, all right? So as you're pulling that out, think with me for a minute. What does a team trainer do? What do they do? They push, right? They, when, when everybody feels like they've had enough, they say, let's do it one more time, right? Or they say, hey, we're doing this today, and everybody goes, "Oh, those hurt. I don't wanna do that, right? A team trainer pushes and prods and says, let's push a little harder because he knows that it's time to get the team stronger. They push and how they work together. Good trainers will often put um, teams in in positions where they have to learn how to figure things out together so that they become bonded, not only in just getting the job done, but in their relationship. Trainers also work with people who have injuries and they get special attention so that that injury will get healed so that it can come back to life and, and really be beneficial for the team. Training is a must for any team if that team is ever going to have victory. Now earlier tonight, RNG visited us and we had a great time with RNG, right? She was pushing and, and trying to get us to do some things up on what we were calling um, tabletop training, okay? Tabletop training, because we always wanna, we wanna get harder. But she was pushing a little bit to try hard things and honestly, I personally believe we need to do that with our bodies physically, I and mean, we need to push our bodies physically, because that will train our bodies as well. But that's a message for another day. We were just having fun earlier. But I do want to take just a moment as we get started and look back at those moments of fun, because I think God likes to use objects to teach us a lot. Jesus did that all the time, right? Because training is hard work. And sometimes we might realize that for physical things, But a lot of times, we don't think that about spiritual things. We think we just pray, and then God's going to just drop it down from heaven, and everything's going to be all right. And yet, that's not really what the Bible teaches. In fact, the Bible calls us to work out, and we'll talk about that in just a minute as well. But when you're training physically, you intentionally put yourself in places where you have to push against resistance, right? or you have to lift things that are heavier than what you really are able to do just on your own because you're trying to build up strength. You're trying to gain endurance. And any of us, and probably all of us have done this at one point or another, who's done any kind of physical training, you know that you don't just visit the gym one time and see all kinds of changes in your body, right? That does not happen. You have to go over and over and over and over again and then increase what you're doing and make it a little harder and a little harder. And then once you arrive at where you wanna be, if you don't keep showing up, well that's gonna just go away real quick, right? So it's something that has to happen on a regular day-to-day basis. Your soul doesn't change overnight either. It really doesn't, the way you think, And I should say the way we think, because this is aimed right at me as well, the way I think does not change overnight. The way that I feel doesn't change overnight. Or one time getting in God's Word and finding a verse that sounds good for that does not change me overnight. And neither does the way I act. And we all are probably aware of that, but sometimes it's important to just take a moment and step back and really sit in this thing for a while. So, for instance, and I'm just going to get up on the table too, so just those off of there for me a few hours so we're just going to continue this, all right? So, Nicole asked some of you to do a plank, right? So, what does it feel like spiritually when God calls you to look down at things that are really, really hard in your life, but He wants you to raise yourself up way above it? And for years and years, you might be looking down at the brokenness, and God says, Hold that plank. Don't get down. Stay in that righteous position and you might be shaking like i'm shaking right now my arms are shaking my belly's shaking because it hurts (laughs) but i'm looking down at this cruddy mess and i'm going "Oh, take it nope hold that plank hold Train for those things. And then there are other things that God is going to call you to do that are super awkward, like positions that he's going to ask you to sit in and be in for long periods of time, like that boat position. It might be here or it might actually be here. And he says, hold that thing. Don't let it go. My legs are too bad. <laughs> and you're going to be screaming on the inside. And God is going to be saying, hey. Let me give you the the power of my riches, but you have to keep showing up. And I have to keep showing up for those things. It takes time, and it takes energy, and it takes effort. And most of us go, I'll try once. God, I tried really hard. We tried once, maybe twice. Or we excuse the behavior, or we just act like we didn't hear him, or we just stay away from that part of our Bible. How many times have I heard people say this, and I, I just want to slap them, They say, don't pray for patience. Oh. Because God will make you go through really hard things. Well, yeah, because yeah. you need to train that out of you. If you're impatient, that's the very first thing on your list that you should be praying for. Amen. If you want to rise up out of the death of impatience, right? What was the thing in, that we're praying for here? Um, in chapter 1, verse 11, it's part of that prayer. It's talking about we need the power of God for what? He calls out two things, for steadfastness and patience, right? It's something that we all need. And so when I hear Christian leaders say, don't pray for patience because God will make you go through hard things, that's wrong teaching. You should be praying for patience. Anything that you see in your life, anything that I see in my life that does not line up with resurrection life living. If I'm on team life, I need to be praying and asking God to train that. And anything he speaks to me that I need to do, I need to show up and say, yes, sir, I am ready. I am here for training again today. I did it yesterday. I'm going to do it today, and I'm going to do it tomorrow, and I'm going to keep doing it for the rest of my life, obeying what you say, playing your plays, because I know I'm headed to victory, and that's where I want to live. Jesus operates from a place of victory, and he wants to take us there too. But we have to operate from a place of realizing we need training, and it doesn't just work itself out. Sin never gets prettier. It will always get uglier unless you do something about it. And we are called to do something about it. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, not in the book of Colossians, but 2 Timothy 3, Paul actually wrote to Timothy, who was the same Timothy that was helping him to write Colossians. And this is what he said. He said, all scripture is God-breathed, meaning God's the one that spoke these words. All scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful for four things. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Training in righteousness. We have to be trained. Because our souls are not naturally righteous. We might be a nice person by nature. We might be, you know, whatever Enneagram number you are. There's, you know, some strengths to that number. And there's some weaknesses to that number. We all have some things. But we don't just play to our strengths. Then we have to look at those things. Those are useful to go, okay, well, those are the areas where I'm weak that I absolutely need to be trained. On our own, our souls or our flesh is depraved. It's depraved. It's fragile. It's weak. It's lazy. It's perverted. It's deceived. And so we got to train that stuff out of us so that we can be built up and be stronger. I want to review this just because, again, I think it's so important to get this into our hearts. Every part of us needs to receive salvation. Every part of us needs to be living in salvation. It only makes sense. Who likes to do a job halfway? Certainly not God, right? When he saved us in our spirit, our spirit came to life, the intention was that we would then get in the game with him and play the game with him, playing to the strength of our MVP, setting our minds and things above, keep seeking the things above, and that then our soul, or your flesh, whatever you want to call it, which is the way you think, feel, and act, is going to start to raise up out of the grave as well, all the while keeping that mindset of hope toward heaven for the body that's going to be transformed when we get there. Complete salvation. That is God's plan for us. That is why, as you read the New Testament, you will constantly hear, prodding and pushing and changing, you know, verbiage that's calling us to be something different than we are. And if we don't first understand our salvation in Christ, that was a gift for our spirit, we will feel condemned by that, we will feel um, challenged beyond what we're able in that, we will feel like we just can't measure up, and the enemy we will use that to just shame, 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 shame us. But when we understand the gospel, and we understand that our spirit already is secure in our salvation, God is just trying to do a work of blessing to bring the rest of it along with it, then we'd say, hey, I want that, right? I absolutely want that. That's why in the book of Philippians, Paul also wrote that book, and he said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I used to read that and think, am I not saying it? I don't know. Am I supposed to keep working it out? No. Uh, my spirits say, but yes, I am absolutely supposed to show up in the spiritual gym every single day, sometimes many times a day. You know, I have a girl at, that comes to uh, Club Pilates where I teach. She actually wanted to come this weekend, and maybe she'll be here next year. I don't know. Her name is Billy Bay Janeiro. She's an amazing lady. She actually grew up in the carnival industry, so she's a very, um, very unique lady. She comes to Pilates about three times a day, literally, almost every day. And she'll come, and it's not like she comes and stays for three hours. She comes uh, with her boyfriend, and then they leave, and then she'll come back again, and then a lot of times she'll come back again. Like, she shows up over and over again, and she's very strong, very, very fit. Now, obviously, most of us don't have the time in our life to do that. She does. But we do have the time, because sometimes you can, you can be doing your job at work. Like, you can be on the computer, and you can be in the spiritual gym at the same time. You can be washing dishes. You can be changing diapers. You can be having a fight with your husband and be in the same spiritual gym or at the same time be in the spiritual gym at the same time because the Holy Spirit can be in your head, like working you out while you're doing something else. It's just will you yield and say, okay, I'll show up. What are you saying coach? Okay, that's the play we're going to run and I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. I may not think I can and maybe I'll fail on the first try, but boy, I'm going to try And I'm going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And when we do, what happens? Colossians 1.28. We become the goal that Paul was after. We're complete in Christ. Right? What was his goal? He said we proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ. Did you hear that? Every man? Every man. Every man. And I would say it's every woman also, Right? The goal is that every single person shows up and their soul is absolutely trained. Now, over the years, um, I've been just having the privilege of creating some different uh, Bible study tools. And those of you who have been at Fall Bible Get Away before, you know we started with Bible Study 101. Then we did Bible Study 202. Then we did Bible Study 303, right? We're not doing Bible Study 404 this year, yeah. right? But we are going to um, work with a new Bible study tool that I created tonight and it's called Bible Study Soul Workout, all right? And I'm going to give this to you in just a moment. We're going to talk through how to do it, and then we're going to take some time to, you know, separate out, get at the table, wherever. And we're going to work our way through it individually and then come back and have some discussion about it. We use those for several reasons. One, we want to get in the Word individually, right? We want to hear from God. We want to dig in that. We're not all in the same places. Uh, You might need to work something out in the spiritual gym that I don't need to work out in the spiritual gym right now, right? And so God can do that in different ways. We also want to send you home with some tools so that when you go home, you have another tool of how you could get in the Word on your own and dig out a passage and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. The Holy Spirit's going to be your coach as we do this. I'm just going to spend a few minutes explaining it in just a minute, all right? So let me encourage you this. Let's look at Colossians 2, and then we'll go over this sheet in just a moment. Colossians 2, Paul says something that I just really love. He says, in verse 5, he says, For even though I am absent in body, because remember he was writing to them, so he's not with them, he's saying, nevertheless I'm with you in spirit. In other words, he feels that bond of connection to them. And he says, I'm rejoicing to see your good discipline. In other words, they're showing up, right? Their good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. And then he says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. In other words, walk out the salvation, right? Having been firmly rooted, in other words, having already received salvation for your spirit, he's saying, and now being built up in Him. It's a process. It's going on. God's growing them up and established in your faith. He's talking to them about this process that He's going to take them into. And then what happens, he moves into this next section of Colossians that a lot of people don't really know what to do with. And you land on it, if you're reading it out loud, you get to this one word and everybody's like, oh, that's awkward, because the word is circumcision, all right? <laughs> and if we don't understand that from a, a spiritual standpoint, it's, it, it does feel pretty awkward. So, But it's really important to understand this before we get into the soul workout and the passage we're going to be looking at for the soul workout. So let me talk to you about this for mi- just a minute. We're not going to spend a ton of time, but I, we do need to mention it. Years before this, way back in the Old Testament, it was no accident that God used circumcision as the mark of the covenant for his children. When he created the Jewish nation, he gave Abraham the mark of circumcision so that every male in that line, in that nation, would be circumcised. That was a a way that distinguished them from the other nations around them. Now, the literal circumcision that happened on the male body was a picture of what God was going to later do in our lives spiritually. So without being too graphic with me, think about what circumcision is. It literally is a folding back of the flesh, all right? And when it's done properly, when a boy becomes a man and then he's married and joined with a woman, what happens? Life is then really able to come forth as that sperm comes through and then life is, is created, and we're not gonna go into all the you know dynamics of that. We all understand that, right? But how many of us know that God wastes nothing? Circumcision was a prophetic picture of of later God circumcising our heart which is what he's talking about here when we land here in chapter 2 but circumcision what wasn't just like God didn't just pick the most random of things I mean it, it had a purpose as well physically it's a very good practice hygienically and, and it, it just promotes good health but here in these verses Paul talks about our hearts being circumcised in verse 11 the first part he says in him meaning in Christ you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in other words he's not talking about a physical circumcision he says the removal of the body of the flesh right of the soul by the circumcision of christ what he's when he says is he's talking about our soul being folded back cut open as christ was on the cross, and he was literally, you know, split open. His body was, and then our flesh now has the opportunity to be folded back so that the life of Christ can flow through. Because how many of us know our flesh, the way we think, the way we feel, and the way we act, often gets in the way of the life of Christ? And so, if we can fold it back and push it out of the way, as you track through this conversation, you see that, and you see that the the goal is for the life of Christ to flow forth from our hearts. So he talks all about this circumcision, and then he lands in verse 16, which we looked at before, where he says, therefore. And, And then Paul begins to push, and he begins to prod, and he begins to say, hey, change needs to happen. Now, for them, in the rest of chapter 2, we already talked about this some last night when we were talking about team life always being in season. He starts dealing with some of the issues they were having where their flesh was in the way, where they were very deceived in the way they thought about certain days and holidays and feasts and rules and all these things. And then he lands in verse 23, and he says, that's going to help you nothing. Like, that's not going to do anything for you against fleshly indulgence, all this stuff. He said, so we got to push that stuff out of the way. We got a crisis, cut it open, let's move it out of the way, and let's get to what's really going to work, where life is really going to flow forth, and he gets into chapter 3, which is where we're memorizing, right? And so we want to say that together, so get that card out, and we're going to land there, and that's what we're going to say that in chapter 3, all right? So say these first verses with me. If then you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you die and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Paul is saying, you've been resurrected. You've been raised up with Christ. So now your soul's got to start doing the exact same thing. It's got to start resurrecting. And you do that by setting your mind on things above and continuing day after day after day to keep seeking the things above, pushing the flesh out of the way, letting your heart just operate in that circumcision so that the light of God can flow forth out of you. Paul is saying there is a better way to live with a circumcised heart in the gym, getting this stuff worked out in you. And as he goes on in chapter 3, Really, all the way through verse 6 of chapter 4, Paul starts just hammering things that need to be addressed in the flesh. He deals with sexuality issues, he deals with desires for the world, emotions, relationships, the way we treat people, speech, integrity, attitudes about people who are different than we are feelings about other people, our service, our forgiveness, our anxiousness, what we do with the word of God or don't do with the word of God, family relationships, all the family relationships, our work, the way we treat people under our authority, our overall conduct and speech. I mean, he just boom, 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 like pick up this way and this way and this way and this way. Work your soul out. He deals with all of it. It's a ruling workout if you were to deal with every single one of those things in, in your flesh. But if we really engage with what he says, we can really begin to work out our souls. So tonight, what we're going to do is use this sheet, and we're not going to do all of those verses, okay? Because that's a little bit much, but we are going to do a little workout. So I'm going to give you this sheet. I'm going to talk you through it for just a moment, all right? Right here in this upper corner, it says Bible study soul workout. Your very first thing that you're going to do is read, through, once we separate, you're going to read through all of chapter 3 through chapter 4, verse 6, okay? And you what you want to do is pick out one, two, three, or 4 verses that are grouped together. You're not going to pick out like verse 2, 8, 10, 12. You don't want to do that. You want to group a cluster of verses. Maybe it's just one verse. Maybe it's 2, maybe it's 3, maybe it's 4. You really don't want to go any more than 4, okay? That's too grueling of a workout, all right? <laughs> we want to zoom in on one thing, right? So like you can think of in the gym, today is legs day. We are just gonna work these legs, right? <laughs> or maybe it's arm day, okay? Maybe today is I'm working on my box day and you find some verses about that. So you're gonna find a section of verses. So whatever you're to choose to do, you're gonna write it here. And then each one of these blocks are numbered. These, This right here is the directions. So you'll start with number one. The very first thing you do is copy those verses, all right? It makes you slow down and think about them a moment. And then you basically work your way through Following these directions, okay? The reason we asked you to bring your phone is because there's a couple places where you might need a little bit of help from our favorite friend the internet, right? Mm -hmm. Alright, so you could use, for instance, where it says translation differences right here. The encouragement in the directions is that you go to maybe a place like BibleGateway.com, that's a great place to look at the same verse in a lot of different kinds of versions of scripture. So the encouragement is to look it up in at least three different translations and then maybe make a notation of some wording differences, okay? So you, if you don't are not familiar with BibleGateway.com, you might want to just write that down on your sheet you've got right now so you'll remember. There's also a place where it says words that need defining. So maybe one of the words you're like, I don't even know what that means. So you can look it up in your dictionary app or, again, look it up on Google, alright? Um, And you just work your way through following these directions. I want to give note to one of them. The last one, number 12, it says my spotter. Okay? So anybody who's ever worked out, you know, especially if you're lifting something heavy, which a lot of the burdens we carry in our souls, a lot of the things that need to be worked out, they're heavy. Right? And so if you're working out at a physical gym, you need a spotter a lot of times to make sure that you're safe to make sure that your form is good, to make sure that you just know you've got somebody there cheering you on. Lots of different reasons why we utilize a spotter in a physical workout. In the same way, spiritually, a lot of times we need to have a spotter. So it's going to ask you, it's going to say, who can help you grow in this area? Share your workout with them and ask them to give you support. And all you want to do is just write the name of that person and make an intention in your heart. Hey, I'm going to share this with them. Maybe that person's here this weekend. Maybe they're not. All right. Maybe you'll end up sharing it with all of us even as we come back for a discussion. Okay. We're going to spread out and we really want to do this individually, and quietly, all right? If you've got a question, I'm not like the teacher that's going to walk around, but I, I used to be a teacher, so I can do that. But I really will help you if you need some help. If, if you're just not sure, don't just sit there and struggle, right? We want you to feel supported in this process. But it's such a great thing to just take a passage of Scripture and then you dig it out just using this tool, all right? Then we'll come back together and just start some discussion that people want to share. I really want to encourage you in this. Do not hit verses where you're already strong, okay? That, that, that's not going to help you very much, all right? Read through them, and maybe you don't even read through the whole thing. Like, maybe you land on a couple, you're like, ah, that's it for me, right? And even before you start reading, maybe ask the Holy Spirit. Just absolutely, ask the Holy Spirit. Show me which verses I need to work on. I'm out of today. And remember, one workout is not going to get tripped up, okay? It takes a lot of time. This is just starting the process. And so maybe you can use this over and over again as you get home. Maybe if you're dealing with lying, maybe there's deceit seed in your heart, whatever, you're going to do that. Then when you get home, maybe you'll do this workout sheet 20 more times, finding other verses in the New Testament in that same way, okay? So lots of different ways you can utilize this, all right? Did the trading card bucket go back around? No. Everybody got it? If, if, whoever has, it, you will put it on the table right here, if anybody did it, I know I didn't get one yet, so, all right, let me just make sure I got everything here, yeah, first thing you definitely want to read and pick, all right, so I do, I would ask that you don't go back to your room, all right, because you'll probably fall asleep, so stay here, all right, and if you start to fall asleep, we'll just kind of give you a little cake and you'll wake up, all right, no, i kidding, so go ahead, we're probably going to put some worship music on just very low, but if it begins to, you know, some people like to look quiet work. Just let us know. We just want to create the best workout and experience we can. Okay? So, yes. Yes, I can make that template available and, and any of the other ones as well from 101, 202, and 303. Yeah, they're different kinds, but yeah. Our goal is to get people in the work so we will definitely do that, for sure, for sure. Okay? So we're going to take about 45 minutes to an hour for this, so don't feel like you have to rush. Take your time, okay? But we will turn the lights up in here as well, if there are any more lights, just so we can have good lighting. Okay. Here we go.